Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. We did that backwards. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about the Giggling Granny. But first, Montana, what do you have for us today? So today I have uh, <laughs> a cocktail called Giggle Juice. <laughs> of course it is. Um... So I don't think I sent you the full recipe, but I'm sure you just figured it out. It's pretty yeah. much equal parts of everything. Yeah. But this is what the giggle juice is made of. Um, you're gonna do, and I didn't. I didn't do it this way. So it says to do two cups of moscato. You can do white, red, or pink. Uh, two cups of pink lemonade. Two cups of Sprite, and two cups of a citrus vodka. You're going to do um, sliced strawberries and one whole sliced lemon uh, with ice, stir to combine, and put it in the fridge for an hour. Then serve. So what I did instead was I just did a cup of everything, put it in a pitcher, and stuck it in the fridge. Bam. There you go. I had to share mine, so I did two cups of everything. <laughs> okay. I was like, two cups of vodka? That's a lot. But then when I looked at everything else, yeah, it's... It's not that much, honestly. It's, no, it's very tasty. It tastes very good. <laughs> Paul said this was his favorite. Oh, okay. Well, yay. <laughs> I did a good one. And uh, it fits with this so well. It does. I mean, it's very refreshing, but really? I feel like it's very dangerous. Yeah. So It is okay. still two cups of vodka if you mix it right. <laughs> yeah. But it's a pitcher. It's meant yeah. to be shared with people. Um, and if we you will... want to. I mean post a picture of, of the lovely drink on our it is quite social pretty. media yeah so cheers cheers all right ah. montana are you ready to hear about the giggling granny i've never been more ready <laughs> for a case than i am i with think this when one. i told i think I, when i told you what it was gonna be you immediately were like oh this is gonna be good I did. And I immediately started looking for funny drink pairings. (laughs) You did really good. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to start off with, she had so many different, I guess it's called monikers. um, Because this was back in the 1940s. I think she started in the 1930s, maybe. I've got the year further down. Um, So it was a, it was a good while but you know you have all these different newspaper areas uh she was in several different states so all of them kind of had their own name for her but she was also known as the lonely hearts killer the black widow because you know we don't have enough of those lady bluebeard don't know about that one i tried to find out why but okay all right the giggling nanny the jolly widow which i think might be my favorite (laughs) Oh, uh, I wish I had known that one. We would have done a Jolly Rancher theme. <laughs> oh, that would have been pretty good. She's best known as the Giggling Granny. Oh, okay. um, the Self-Made Widow and Arsenic Annie, which I also kind of like. I, I dig Arsenic Annie. <laughs> I just feel like the blue beard whatever is rude. Yeah, it's just it's super I rude. I, I don't know, but that's whatever. somebody came up with that. Anyway, also, I found all of those names in different 
references because each one of them had her named differently and then they would refer to the giggling granny because that's the best thing that she was known for but it was just kind of funny so we're gonna start from the beginning she was born in blue mountain alabama which is now a part of aniston louisa lou and james f hazel were her parents names at least one source that i read said that it was also rumored that james was not nanny's biological father um but that was not confirmed it was just kind of word on the street type thing she was the oldest of five children she had three sisters and one brother my god and her father was abusive and controlling to the children and their mother the children were forced to work on the family farm and were even refused um, to allow to go to be allowed to go to school which resulted in nanny's lack of education for instance it was the 40s yeah true um well no she was born in 1905 i forgot to mention that november 4th 1905 So you're talking the teens, the teens, (laughs) um, by the age of five, for instance, she was reportedly made to cut wood, plow the fields and clear the land of weeds and debris at five. My mother-in-law, um, she grew up on a tobacco farm and at the age of five, uh, her, her parents would put her because they got up really early or whatever. I love hearing stories about how she grew up. <laughs> um, North Carolina is very known for tobacco farms, but they would wake her up. They would all eat breakfast and then they would go out and work in the fields, but she didn't work out in the fields that young. They stuck her on a pile of tobacco leaves to go back to sleep in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> all righty then. I guess that works. So, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things. I feel like that was a little better than what she had to do, but... I feel like at the age of seven, she was driving a tractor, but whatever. You know. Two-year difference. Exactly. Well, at the age of seven, Nanny hit her head on a metal bar on the seat of a train while she was taking... While she was um, going to visit relatives in southern Alabama. After this, she had chronic issues, including headaches, blackouts, and depression, and she also later blamed those symptoms, um, as well as her mental instability, on that accident. That's two things, right? Abusive household, hit on the head. Um, Did she wet the bed? uh, It doesn't say that, but, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, she could have done arson on the farm and nobody knew because they weren't going to talk about it. Wait, didn't, wasn't she arson granny or something like that? No, no, arsenic Annie. Oh, arsenic Annie. I'm getting the two mixed up. That's my bad. (laughs) A little different. (laughs) Slightly. (laughs) Slightly. Uh, growing up, Nanny's favorite hobby was reading romance magazines that her mother had and dreaming of her own fairy tale. Me too. Uh, hello, disassociation. (laughs) later her favorite i'm not gonna go (laughs) working on it with my therapist okay (laughs) well i mean i recent i probably within the last five years i realized that reading constantly is a form i I just thought that was good i didn't realize i I, I didn't realize i was avoiding my life okay good to know no it's definitely avoiding my life (laughs) but (laughs) wasn't doing i wasn't doing it intentionally it just kind of happened yeah um Later, her favorite part of the magazines was the Lonely Hearts column. As she was growing up, her father, unsurprisingly, forbade her and her sisters from wearing makeup or nice clothing. 
going to social functions, including dances and church functions, because he believed it would result in the girls being molested or attacked by men. Because it's up to the women to prevent men from sexually right. assaulting them. Right. Cool, we don't cool. want cool, 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 cool. to tempt the men. No, no dressing up and looking nice. Fucking patriarchy. Yeah, we won't go there. That could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> uh, Nanny's first marriage was at 16 to a co-worker at the linen factory named Charlie Braggs. Wait, she was 16? 16. Kind of old. That <laughs> for, for back then. Yeah, I mean, that would have been 1920. She was born in 1904. Wow, old so, maid. Sure she can 19, still have kids. 1905, so 21-ish. So, yeah. Um, after just four months, Braggs received her father's blessing for their marriage. Which, honestly, I don't feel like he was too worried about that. He was probably relieved to not have to deal with her anymore and pay for food or whatever else. Yeah, but then he doesn't get that free labor out in the fields. Well, she was working in the linen factory by this point. So uh, either okay. right. either she was giving all the money to him, which again, that would be another thing of he's missing that out or he's missing out on that. Um, or maybe he just wanted her out. I think um, I didn't hear a lot about the way that her upbringing was, but I they did say a lot about how her and her mother just kind of hated him, which I can't blame them. Obviously, he was an abusive asshole but easy to hate somebody who abuses you yeah um so i don't know in in some places even said that nanny kind of got the brunt of the abuse so i can kind of see it i think he was just kind of happy to get her out of the house honestly but she had um, a smart mouth <laughs> well i mean she did get hit in the head so she probably got oh a smart god mouth yeah after that. <laughs> Braggs was the only son of a single mother and insisted they live with her after they were married. As you can imagine, and apparently things don't change nowadays, his mother took up so much of his time and very much seemed to control most of the things in the household, even Nanny's life, Gross. according to Nanny. Reportedly, which is from, this is from Nanny, she wouldn't even let Nanny's mother stay overnight when she visited. Despite this, Nanny and Charlie had four daughters from the years 1923 to 1927. Nanny started drinking and increased her smoking from casual to a heavy habit and an addiction. So let's take a second. 1923 to 1927 is four years. They had four children. I would be drinking heavily and smoking heavily as well. Yeah, just at the thought of it, I would be. And you know she's not getting any help. So she's yeah. running around taking care of four kids. Four kids under the age of five. I would No, pass. thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Did we the keep the receipt? <laughs> <laughs> right. Can we just take them back? Just return them. It's a we'll question I ask about one of my dogs constantly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. At this point, her husband would also disappear for days on end. And both of them were suspected, um, suspected each other of infidelity. And they were both right. Well, I mean, when somebody starts suspecting another partner of infidelity, that person's more than likely cheating. Right. But I want to know how she found time to get out and do anything with four kids. Because you know he wasn't helping. Well, the, his mother was there. Yeah, but she was also, he was, he was her darling son. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she used that. I don't know. Um, they did, another thing Nanny had said was he could do no wrong. 
according to his mom. But everything everything that went wrong was Nanny's fault, basically. Yeah. Well, you know. Which it, I don't think, I mean, she may have been exaggerating it a little bit, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I kind of doubt that, too. Well, and also, for that time, at that time being, um, kids were just left alone to fend for themselves. Well, that's true. I didn't think about that. Just stick them in a room and close the door. They'll be fine. No, just let them outside. Free range kids. <laughs> Dump them on a pile of tobacco leaves. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> Go learn a trade. <laughs> you got to make some money later on. I'm too. <laughs> Okay, in 1927, two of their daughters died of suspected food poisoning within a few months of each other. Mm. While small insurance payments helped ease the loss, Braggs became immediately or increasingly suspicious of his wife. After an anonymous tip not to eat the food she prepared, and later he said he would not eat any food or drink she prepared for him if she was in a quote-unquote foul mood. Wait a minute. Who's anonymously tipping off this That's what I want to know. What? How do you get a? He just got a, a note. It's the twenties to him. What twenties? Maybe thirties at this point. Somebody like calling him up. So. Okay. There, is he getting somebody just sliding letters? And I saw. I mean, listen. I was passing by the other day. I saw your wife put arsenic in your food, bro. Don't eat her food. I mean, I'm not going to say it was for you. However. <laughs> <laughs> You might not want to eat it. Just tell her you're not hungry tonight. It just blows my mind. Because I'm assuming they're also like on a farm or something like that. There's not like a lot of people around. Maybe she has friends. Maybe a friend just, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that somebody was just like, yo, bro. I didn't see anything that said anything about who told him. He could have made that up because I'm sure this came from him. There's no telling. Um, He may have even known after they died and he just didn't want to admit it. Oh, And that's why he didn't eat the food so there's no telling but shortly after that Braggs left the home with their first their firstborn daughter Mel- Melvina and left the youngest who was a newborn at this time named Florine with Nanny as well as his mother who didn't live long after by the way she die of food poisoning <laughs> I don't know it didn't say um, so he left his mom and his newborn with somebody he was suspecting had killed their children and was trying to kill him. And why would it? Yeah. Like, why would he just take one kid? And the oldest. So he took the one person out of that household that would probably be the easiest to take care of. He left his mother who was, I'm sure getting a little older at this point. And she was probably nagging the heck out of everything. And then the newborn, which is obviously going to take constant care. I mean, if somebody was nagging me, I'd probably want to poison them too, but. But I mean, what a stand-up guy. I mean, he saved his, he saved his oldest. He just left the newborn. Oh, well. Yeah, but then he left his mom that doted on him for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, like. I mean, I get it would have been a lot to deal with, especially since he probably didn't do anything as far as care for the children, if I had to guess. Um, I mean, most men didn't at that time, but still, come on. Um, Fair. Sorry, that's just whatever. Uh, so, I mean, I get that it would have been a lot to deal with, but still, I just don't. I, I, I'm sure he was a stand-up guy, cheating sure. on his wife and everything else. Uh, Nanny started working again to support herself and Florine at the cotton mill. 
Braggs returned in the summer of 1928 with Melvina and a divorcee with her children. Wait, what? Uh-huh. But he's not divorced. No, he's not divorced yet. So soon after, the divorce was finalized and Braggs left with the divorcee, leaving both his daughters with Nanny. What? And later, he said he left her because he was frightened of her. I'm sorry, you left your children with her because you were afraid of her? Yeah, and What did you think she was going to do to the kids? She already killed two of them. Why? In theory. In theory. And why would you take one the first time? And you know what he was doing? He was using that kid Mm -hmm. as bait to get another woman. Yep. And he may have also been using it to try to get something out of Nanny. Is the only other thing I could think of. Because, you know, like, what if she was saying she wanted the kid back? And he was like, oh, well, you can have her back if this. Um, But it doesn't say anything outside of just, you know, the divorce. was. He obviously was seeking a divorce as soon as he got back. He got it and left. Left both of the daughters. So In his house. Yeah. So she got to keep it. Yeah. And by this time, his mother was already dead. Well, I mean probably died of nagging too much (laughs) it's entirely possible can you die of that oh lord there's a lot of people i know that are going to be in trouble yeah uh so braggs was actually the only husband to escape with his life which later he attributed to the fact that he never had life insurance policies to which nanny scoffed and said that wasn't what led her to the murder she committed nanny moved back in with her parents and worked in the cotton mill to support herself and her daughters so she left the free house yeah I don't, okay. I, it doesn't say what happened to the house. I don't know if maybe, I mean, he could have required it to be sold. I don't know. It doesn't really say anything. It just says that she moved back in with her parents. She may not have had enough money to keep it working, like keep it up. Fair. Because she, I'm sure working at the cotton mill, she was probably barely making enough to make ends meet. And I, I highly doubt that her moving back in with her family was the best idea that she had ever come up with considering what she left. Um, True. So, I mean, I, I feel like she would have had to move back in with no choice because I can't see her going back voluntarily. In 1929, Nanny met and married her second husband, Robert Frank Harrelson. And they Damn, all, girl. Uh, yeah, n- one year later. She's, she's hopping. And they all, the couple and Nanny's daughters, lived in Jacksonville. Um, so she's moved cities, but she's still in Alabama. They met through the Lonely Hearts advertisement that Nanny had made. He responded by sending her poetry and a photo. Shortly after getting married, Nanny discovered Robert was an alcoholic and had a criminal record for assault. (laughs) Even so, they remained married for 16 years and had no children together during that time. Wait, whoa, okay, so he lived for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, she got distracted. In 1943, Melvina, who is the oldest daughter, had Nanny's first grandchild, Robert Lee Haynes. She had another child two years later, a daughter, that died shortly after birth. This is really sad, so hold on to your butts, because this is pretty bad. Is this a trigger warning? Uh, Maybe. Um, It's not, like, very detailed, but child murder. Um, right after birth, while Melvina was still exhausted and groggy from labor and ether, because that's what they used back in the day. Um, so this is literally right after she gave birth. I think some reports said within an hour. 
she thought she saw her mother in the room stick a hat pin into her newborn baby's head. What? Later, when she asked her husband and sister, they stated Nanny had told them that the baby was dead, but that they had seen a hat pin in her hand and she was playing with it. She Unfortunately, gave the baby a lobotomy? Like, what? Something. I don't know. I mean, it's a newborn baby. It, it wouldn't have taken much. Unfortunately, the doctor said that they could not provide an explanation for death, so it was just kind of conjecture on her daughter's side. So then her daughter left, right? <laughs> it gets better. After the child's death, Melvina and her husband split, and then she started dating a soldier that Nanny did not approve of. On one particular night, Melvina and Nanny had a nasty fight, probably about the new boyfriend or husband, and Melvina's first son, Robert, died of asphyxia from unknown causes while under his grandmother's care. Okay. So she left the baby with Nanny. Later, it was said that she claimed the grandson may have gotten into some of her rat poison that she had at the house. Chill. Two months later, Nanny collected $500 from a life insurance policy she had taken out on her grandchild. At the funeral for his two-year-old grandson, some witnesses reported that Harrelson said, I'm going to be next. Then get out, right? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is insane. I would not. I'm sorry. I would not stay. I no. mean, she just, she killed two grandchildren more than likely. I, you got to think he's at least heard rumors that she killed two of her kids. I don't know. I, I just, I wouldn't stay. I, I. I wouldn't stick around, but then again, I don't know his situation. Maybe he felt an obligation to take care of the daughters, whatever. Sure, but none of them were his. No, but I mean, he may have felt a responsibility. But at the same time, they must have been old enough to take care of themselves because Melvina was could only have been four years older than the youngest, which was the other daughter. So, I mean, it would have been like right before she got married. I mean, you're talking 16 years plenty of time they i mean they got married at what 16 17 18 years old so both of them more than likely were out of the house i don't know gross it took me twice as long to decide <laughs> i wanted to get married <laughs> well i did it wrong the first time but i got it right the second time some suspected she was simply waiting for an excuse and biding her time the death of her second husband on september 15th 1945 was put so well in a wiki article that i had to quote it it really yes. is, it really is pretty good Quote, in 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allied powers at the end of World War II, and Harrelson was among the most robust of partiers. After an evening of particularly heavy, heavy drinking, he raped Nanny. The next day, she discovered Harrelson's corn whiskey jar buried in the ground as she tended to her rose garden. The rape had been the last straw for her, and she took the jar and topped it off with rat poison. As a result, he died that evening. Chill. I mean, I, can't I mean, say you I didn't taste you didn't taste the rat poison in your alcohol, but then again, he may have already been drunk when you started getting into that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he got very wasted the night before and he started drinking again immediately the next yeah, day, maybe. bro wasn't sober yet. <laughs> I've had those I mean, nights. <laughs> fair, you know, we'd also don't know what all he she was dealing with up until this point because he was an alcoholic, so there's no telling what kind of stuff was going on at home, but. Yeah, and if history she was repeats done. itself, she might have married a, an abuser. Exactly. Um, apparently, this is pretty funny. Apparently, his last words were, if and you don't listen to me, woman, I ain't going to be here next week. 
truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) (laughs) He signed his own death for it. He was like, you know what? You got a good point. (laughs) His death was determined to be from food poisoning. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. As luck would have it, he had a life insurance policy, and she was the sole beneficiary, providing enough funds for her to purchase land and a house near Jacksonville. Nanny later stated that killing husbands got easier after that. I bet it did. <laughs> you perfected your trade, I mean, Nanny. She's putting it down. I mean, it, she did wait 16 years. But she also, did. Well, but no, she, also she waited did. 16 years to kill a husband. Yeah. It's, the fact that she started with children, more than likely, allegedly, um, I don't know that she ever really confessed to it, uh, says a lot. Yeah, but, so... I feel that, like her tolerance for bullshit was really low. But it serial killers will typically start out with, like, easier prey. Yeah, children true. and elderly. And she true. had both of them. Yeah. Yeah, and... They both probably vexed her, so she oh, sure. found an excuse. Children vex me too, but I'm not about to kill him. <laughs> That's a relief. Nanny met her third husband in Lexington, North Carolina, through another Lonely Hearts column. Three days later, she married Arlie Lanning. Arlie had once lived in Alabama and was another alcoholic womanizer. Wait a minute. She married this guy after three days? After three days. Girl, get it. She moves fast. She wants that (laughs) beat. Or something. She wants that money. Arlie had once lived in Alabama and was another alcoholic womanizer. The marriage had troubles from the start. Only this time, it was Nanny who disappeared for months on end. Okay, so now she may have been going and getting the D. Whenever she was home, however, she was always a doting wife. Just before Arlie died, his nephew was living with him and died of food poisoning. It should also be mentioned that before Arlie died of what was said to be heart failure. Wait, 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 wait. Did he have life insurance policy against him? I can't. Shh, <laughs> I have to go through the whole thing. Okay, I have it I'm now. Sorry. Wait, I'll tell you if it's the case. Okay. Uh, before Arlie died of what was said to be heart failure, it was said she had already started another ad in the Lonely Hearts column looking for her next quote unquote soulmate. Okay. Shortly after his death, the house they lived in burned to the ground. This was This was just hours after she learned that the house had been left to his sister and she had moved out and decided to stay with his mother. Did the house have life insurance on it? <laughs> Luckily, there was an insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was made payable to Arlie, who is deceased. And thus it went to his sister. The sister never received that check because shortly after it was delivered to his mother, she died in her sleep. Shocking. Nanny then cashed the check illegally and left North Carolina to stay with her bedridden sister named Dovey. Soon after Nanny arrived, Dovey died. Wow. She moved fast. (laughs) Apparently, per Murderpedia, Arlie's last words were, it must have been the coffee. So (laughs) she apparently had put so many inches in his coffee when he came home of rat poison, like a certain amount. And so that's why I said it must have been the coffee. Oh, my God. 
So sad. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sherby Green, which was one of Nanny's relations, said, and I got this from a different, um, another article I forgot to write, which one it was. Apparently, anything that annoyed Arsenic Annie, another game name given to Nanny during her eventual trial, met with elimination. And if killing people brought a little extra income, an insurance policy here or there, well, she considered it to be a bonus. Payment for her cleverness, if you will. I agree. <laughs> Husband number four was named Richard L. Morton. And he was from Jamestown, North Carolina. They met via a dating service that went by the name of Diamond Circle Club. By the way, this service had a $15 annual fee. I don't wow, know why she paid steep. an annual fee because... It wasn't going to take that long, but well, I guess not for felt like it might. They were married in 1952 in Emporia, Kansas. While Morton wasn't an alcoholic, he was a womanizer. After they married, she poisoned her mother, her own mother, Louisa, in January of 1953 when she came to live with them. Why'd she poison her? I thought she liked her mother. Uh, well, she may or may not have been getting in the way. Oh. Because her dad was already dead at this point. And I think um, she had some kind of illness. I think she had broken her legs or, or something along those lines. And so she wanted to go live with Nanny so that she could care for. And she was just kind of in the way. So, you know, and the other thing is if she was getting abuse from her father, maybe she was a little resentful of her mom for allowing that to happen. Maybe. So all conjecture. There's no way of knowing. Obviously, she didn't tell anybody about that shortly after louisa died one of nanny's other sisters died suddenly as well after contacting nanny so that's two sisters and one mother okay three months later may 19th 1953 morton also died via poisoning and nanny collected on his five insurance policies totaling about fourteen hundred dollars which is about fifteen thousand two hundred and seventy three dollars today so she's not even trying to hide it at this point. I mean, I, she is going to different states. So maybe it's not going to follow her as easily. But yeah, this is, it's, it's getting real. So the last man that Nanny married, number five, was Samuel Doss in June of 1953. Doss was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and a Nazarene minister. She really went the other direction. Uh, uh, hard left <laughs> he had lost his family to a tornado in Carroll County Arkansas so you remember those romance novels and magazines Nanny loves to read Samuel didn't like those and he told her that was not allowed he also controlled all of the money she wasn't allowed to be on any of the accounts uh, he would and I'm reciting all of this from memory because it was reported several different times he would not allow the lights to be on at all, if at all possible. So, like, he was extremely frugal to the point of being annoying. Okay, well, that he would work not, in my house. He would not allow the air conditioning to run unless it was absolutely ridiculous and Nanny almost couldn't stand it. Um, You know, it's just, like, there was just so much going on. Uh, and this is the problem of going in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Uh, no drinking, no womanizing, but also complete control over your life. Well, she left and went back to Alabama because she'd had enough. He, I mean, he could have been lucky. However, he begged her to come back and even agreed to loosen his control over the money. 
offered to open an account for her for spending money. And when that wasn't enough, then he agreed to have her sign as a joint owner on his checking account, as well as have not one, but two insurance policies taken out on himself with her as the sole beneficiary. So this time she didn't take them out on him. He took them out on himself. Okay. Well, she that must, got, she that must got do it real well in the bed. I mean, that <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, but she decided to come back after that. And guess what happened to Samuel? Uh, they lived happily ever after. Absolutely. How did you guess? <laughs> no, I'm just so good at it. Weirdly enough, Samuel was admitted to the hospital with quote unquote flu like symptoms in September of that same year. The hospital released him on October 5th, so he was in the hospital around a month with a diagnosis of severe digestive tract infection. He was dead in seven days after being released. And wouldn't you know it, unfortunately, that sudden death made a doctor suspicious because, you know, they released him from the hospital. He was in good health at that point. Seven days later, he's dead. Little suspicious. Well, the way you, the way you said it made it sound like he shit himself to death so <laughs> well they just, kept him in the hospital until he was better obviously they didn't make him they didn't just say all right good luck just sounds like a really bad way to go <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that hopefully that's not the way he went but also a month of that that would yeah your still asshole be would be non-existent <laughs> it'd be pretty rough uh <laughs> he convinced nanny to let him order an autopsy for samuel so that she could receive the life insurance benefits and it would save lives if he could find out what illness had caused his death. And she agreed. Oh, God, stupid bitch, don't this, do that. She went, she went the wrong direction. The autopsy revealed a huge, huge amount of arsenic in his system, possibly enough to kill 20 men. Well, Later she in really her wanted him dead. <laughs> she, well, think about it. She probably tried it before and it didn't work. It just gave him bad stomach issues. So he went to the hospital. She's like, well, dang it. It's going to work this time. I'm going to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Diarrhea. <laughs> Later in her confession, she admitted to adding an inch, an inch of rat poisoning to his coffee the first time, which caused him to retch so violently it saved his life, but caused the issues. Oh, so she God. learned from her mistake the second time and didn't do quite that much. An inch of rat poison? Like... She, but she was in used a cup to, like, of coffee dosing uh, alcoholics. Oh, well, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that would probably make a huge difference. Yeah. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> learn from, learn your lessons. Also, an interesting tidbit that I saw on multiple ones um, was how she gave it to him, which was in a cake that was her specialty. And that comes up with husband number six. Almost husband number six, I should say. At this time, I was about she was, to say, I don't. I thought she only married five <laughs> men. At this time, she was already trading letters with who she was planning to make husband number six. Now, keep in mind, she was already trading letters while this autopsy and all that. So she had probably started before he Samuel had died. Women need somebody to take care of them, Sam. I, don't you know uh, that? Apparently. You're incapable of being self-sufficient. Oh, she was self-sufficient. <laughs> Just in a way that most aren't. I'm aware. <laughs> uh, so husband number six was to be John H. Keel, a 60-year-old milkman from Goldsboro, North Carolina. 
Apparently, she had even baked him an apple and prune cake. Yeah, she, she did. Used she used prunes to cover up the poison regularly. That was her specialty. She would make a prune cake. And all the other husbands liked it, but it's super sweet. So it would cover up the, the arsenic. I gotta say, uh, nothing sounds more delicious than a prune <laughs> cake. I mean, if the arsenic didn't send them to the hospital. <laughs> that would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She could just kill people by removing their ass, like their sphincter. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Literally, holy shit. Yeah, literally. So she sent the cake to him, but luckily it wasn't his favorite, so he didn't eat it, which is probably what saved his life. <laughs> He's probably and one... like, I don't want to shit my brains out tonight. I'd like to bang this chick. And you know, he had to have been like, whoa, that was a close call. But also his last name was Keel and one of the websites that I got information from was like that was the only thing that saved him from keeling over. And I was like, oh, that's just too funny. <laughs> I love that pun. <laughs> that's such a good one. You would. That's what I figured I'd add it. Nanny was arrested immediately after the autopsy. According to one source, the police had a hard time getting her attention because she was reading one of those romance magazines. Girl, get it. <laughs> i'm sorry don't let no man stop you from your dream what police station is going to let you go in there with your romance novels and you're just flipping through the pages just ignoring everything that they're asking you she's not paying any attention is she just getting over there like hot and heavy what'd you say did i kill my husband um, no um, no <laughs> roman's trying to seduce stacy don't interrupt very- me those are that was two very names. different names. <laughs> very, very different times. So once they took the magazines from her, she proceeded to giggle and flirt with them. Amer- oh, no. Alabama Heritage said it really well, so I quoted them. Quote, Finally, after hours in the t- interrogation room, Nancy, Nanny, Hazel, Braggs, Harrelson, Lanning, Morden, Dawes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I wonder names. what her business card would look like. <laughs> It would take up the whole the whole thing, just her name. So you'd have to put it at the top, otherwise it just wouldn't make sense. She has two that are taped together. <laughs> <A book. laughs> she confessed to poisoning her last husband. Why? Simple. He would not let her watch her favorite television show or turn on a fan during hot summer days. After extracting a promise from the police that she would talk about her other husbands if they would return her magazine to her, she confessed to killing all three of them. Listen, I'm not going to lie. If I had to sit in a hot-ass house and my <laughs> husband told me that we couldn't put the AC on, I would probably kill him. I mean, Oklahoma. It's, it it's got to be pretty warm. Yeah. I mean, here it was a hundred deg- 102 the other day. Yeah, no. Same. Alabama sucks. The oh. heat index was like 110 or something insane. Yeah, same. No thanks. awful. Yeah, so I would murder him too, you know? So I'm not this is not me admitting to it <laughs> in a podcast. He is still alive. So far. Don't come at me. And he he would be he would be the last person to turn the AC on. This is true. Honest. I have to wear a jacket whenever I'm over at your house. It's so freaking yeah. cold. So there are varying accounts of what she confessed to. Several of them said she confessed to the deaths of eight people, um, which let me tell you what the 
who the eight people were. And that changed a little bit. And some said 12 murders. Some said she didn't confess to murdering anybody that was her blood relative. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell what exactly she confessed to. But from everything that I could read, the, the summary was four husbands, two children, two sisters, her mother, her mother-in-law, two grandsons. And a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. And also, um, that's not including the nephew of one of her husbands. Well, maybe she did. Food poisoning, but sure. Um, and I think it's also not including her uh, other mother-in-law because, remember, she had two mother-in-laws that died. The first one when Bragg's left and then the second one where the house or the I guess it would be the third husband it's hard to keep track she had so many um where the house burned down the mother died shortly after that that she was staying with those so uh, so I could give her the benefit of the doubt on that first one her son leaves that she dotes on she loves so much he leaves her with this woman I'm not saying she didn't poison him. What I'm saying is, bitch might have died of a broken, broken heart. heart. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That would be just romantic enough for Nanny. Mm -hmm. Second one, she was forced out of her own home. And that can be if they're elderly. Well, no, her mother, her mother-in-law lived in a different home. Oh, okay. Well, Nanny okay. stayed with her after the house well, burned down. Well, Nanny killed that one. Unfortunately, the house burned down and she had nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah. So after her confessions, regardless, the bodies were exhumed and large amounts of arsenic and rat poison were found in the bodies of all of her late husbands and her mother. Some reports also showed that one of her sisters seemed to have been poisoned with arsenic as well, um, but not all of them. The rest all had signs of suffocation as the cause of death, but that's hard to prove after it's been a while. Yeah. It turns out it was easy to come by poisons, and they were an easy, efficient way to murder people at the time without suspicion. Oh, yeah. Also, keep in mind, almost all of her husbands were al alcoholics. So, she, they died of alcohol poisoning. They died because they fell down. They died because they ate the rat poison because they were drunk and they thought it was food. Like, people didn't even suspect it. And the one that she was running off on, I think that was number three... She was. She would be gone, but when she was back, she was a doting, doting wife. Everybody in the town loved her. She was baking pies. She was cooking cakes. She was a big figure in the town. So when he died, they all felt sorry for her. And so the last thing they would have thought was she was responsible for her husband's death. So she kind of had that two-faced type thing going on. She knew how to charm people and then hide this <laughs> murderous... <laughs> side to her that just kind of got done with people and just did away with them. So she was a sociopath. More than likely, yeah. I mean, she's giggling and flirting with the police officers after being arrested for her last husband's murder. She was looking for her seventh husband. <laughs> well, well, maybe, because number six maybe didn't comp wasn't completely off, yeah. off of the table yet. So she's yeah, lining them up. Just backups. She needs backups. <laughs> Her nickname of Giggling Granny was due to the fact that whenever she would discuss her crimes, she had a tendency to giggle. Gross. This was with the police. This was 
during her trial. This was when she was interviewed for any of the publications that would come and talk to her. This was after she was convicted and was in prison. All the, like any time she talked about him, she would giggle. You can actually see in many of the pictures after her arrest, she's giggling in the picture. It's insane. So yeah, I would say so too bad. Like she I mean, was not upset about any of this. She confessed to the murder. So it's not like she's saying, well, maybe I didn't do it. She's I literally telling them what she did and giggling while she's telling them the stories. I giggle when I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't think she was nervous at all. But I'll post some pictures um, on our social media pages of her. But I mean, I don't think I saw a single picture, especially after her arrest, where she wasn't. She didn't look like she was giggling. So she was convicted? Yeah. So regardless of her reasoning behind all the giggling, she was determined to be sane by four psychiatrists. Because obviously they tried the insanity plea. According to Nanny, she wasn't interested in the insurance money. That wasn't the motive at all. She just wanted her perfect soulmate. When the current partner wasn't what they needed to be, she would just kill him and move on to the next man. She what? said she got rid of husbands so she could replace them, ideally, with a better one. Okay. Because her husbands all had health issues and or were alcoholics, the previous doctors had not even been suspicious of her. She, she was should've... only... She should have been born in the tender age. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so much higher. She, she was only tried for the death of Doss in the state of Oklahoma. She pled guilty on May 17, 1955, and was sentenced to life imprisonment. The presiding judge declared her insane, which saved her from the possibility of death by electrocution. Keep in mind, four psychiatrists said she was sane, but the judge decided she was insane. Oh, he later she, said, she was a woman. <laughs> Quit saying stuff right before I do. I'm he sorry. Later said, <laughs> he I'm later said, your <laughs> <laughs> He later said he didn't want to set a bad precedent by sentencing a woman to the electric chair, especially one with quote unquote mental ailments. <laughs> she obviously had something wrong upstairs. So we're just going to say she's insane. Listen, when we talk about equal rights, this is one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she should have gotten the death yeah. If that was on the table, that you don't escape it just because you're a woman. Come yeah, on. no. I, I mean, I don't believe in the death penalty. She, she so. very much killed these people. So if that was the penalty that would have been given to her had she been a man, that's yeah. what it should have been. Yeah, no, I don't been believe the, the death penalty is worth doing at all. It costs way more money, and there's just no point. Yeah, the appeals process alone costs millions of dollars. Uh, anyway, yeah, we won't go into that. Uh, while in prison, this is so funny. Hang on. Uh, while in prison, she was interviewed about her life and complained about her duties in the laundry room. Was didn't she work at a laundromat at one point? Yeah, uh, cotton mill. Okay, sorry. <laughs> she had been request. She had requested to be put on kitchen duty. But the officers had politely declined. <laughs> She's complaining about this to the person interviewing her. I mean, she was good at cooking. Uh, yeah, they loved it. They loved it so much they died. <laughs> they we were loved just it to dying. Death. <laughs> they for were dying for her pie. cake. <laughs> She was never charged for any of the other murders. Before she died of leukemia in the hospital ward of Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1964, 
She and a farmer in North Carolina were writing to each other. She had Run. even baked. She, she had even baked a cake for him and mailed it. How? <laughs> You're in prison. How do you? How'd she get the arsenic to put in there? <laughs> Girlfriend. Oh my gosh, she was looking forward to the day they would meet meet in person once she was free. <laughs> no. No. Uh. Okay. So that that is the story of the giggling granny. Well, we did enough giggling in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so crazy to be true. Like, and you know, some of it could have been embellished, but at the same time, wow. Just wow. this obviously, this wouldn't have worked nowadays because, you know, people would have noticed it's a little odd. Number five, all dying of food poisoning or heart failure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But back then, yeah. That'd be it definitely get so she died at the age just before the age of 60 oh wop wop yeah well good job dude that was a great episode do you think she was guilty (laughs) i i 100 believe that she believed she was not yeah that's very accurate she was justified in what she did uh i believe she was guilty for sure um and i just want to say Good job on this one, and good job on your two-parter. We've gotten such great feedback on it, and everybody has loved it so much. Uh, I'm glad. I mean, it was a good, it was a good story. It deserved a little bit more Mm in-depth look, and I, I'm hoping we can do an update after the trial. I've had a lot of people like come to me and give me their opinions on what they think. Yeah. Like and how it's, it's going to turn out. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Because a lot of them, even though we didn't like strictly say it out loud, have the same opinion as we do. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I talked to my husband after after we re- released it and he heard it. Um, and, you know, he was very much on one side. And all of a sudden, after listening, he was like, eh, I'm not it's not concrete necessarily. Um, I think he still believes that the one side is going to work. I think he, he's like, I am a lot and it's, I want to see what else they've been holding back. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. So, so I'm reserving judgment until I hear a little bit more, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good case. Hopefully um, we'll get justice for him. Hopefully. I, I truly hope so. And I hope it's with the right people. Um, for sure. We do have some uh, fun stuff that's going to come up really soon uh, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Well, it'll be a few weeks for you guys, or one week for you guys, because we we record a week ahead. So, hope you get Ideally. to look forward to that. <laughs> we'll have we'll have a, a good mixture of things. Let's put it that way. Yeah, good mixture of things. We might have another couple of parter. Might have a guest showing up. Who knows? It's going to be some interesting times. Keep uh, keep giving us any kind of suggestions on things you might want to hear. Um, they're always appreciated. They are. And we'll do our best to cover them as well as possible, um, assuming we can get information. Some of them can be a little bit more difficult than others. True. So again, good job. Sam, uh, can you tell our two listeners where they can find us on Instagram? At Reaper Tales Podcast. You can find us at on Facebook at Reaper Tales Podcast. 
you can email us with your suggestions at reapergals at reapertales.com. I think that's make it. Sure, make sure to... Uh... Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> make sure <laughs> to um, rate and review on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen. Subscribe. Subscribe to us so you know when our episodes drop. Um, rating and reviewing gives um, us a boost, so we really appreciate it if you will do that. Um, and if you want to listen on any other platform, shoot us a message on any of our socials or through our email to let us know where you would like us to put um, the podcast, whatever platform it is. Because um, we know not everybody listens through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we just don't know which ones you guys want. So, yeah, let us know. We're not hip and cool. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Anyway, until next time. The Reaper will come.